Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario. In my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing Cinco de Mayo, also known as the Battle of Puebla. Here's what you need to know. Contrary to popular belief, you aren't knocking back frosty margaritas and rocking party city sombreros every Cinco de Mayo because of Mexico's Independence Day. While Mexico won its decades-long battle against Spain for independence in 1821, Cinco de Mayo celebrates a lesser-known battlefield victory against the French in 1862. Known as the Battle of Puebla, it would represent anti-imperialism, self-determination, and freedom to the Mexican people for decades to come. 
The transformation from a colony to a self-governing country was slow and difficult. Politically, Mexico was divided into two groups. The conservatives, who proposed to use the old Spanish Catholic model to govern, and the liberals, who sought a system similar to the United States. By 1858, Mexico was still in political turmoil when La Reforma, an all-out civil war between the liberals and conservatives, exhausted the country. When liberal leader Benito Juárez defeated the conservative army and triumphantly entered the Mexican capital on New Year's Day, 1861, he found the country was bankrupt and facing an economic crisis. Many of Mexico's debts were owed to France, England, and Spain, who had financially backed the conservatives in La Reforma. In order to focus on rebuilding and stabilizing his country, President Benito Juárez issued a moratorium in which all foreign debt payments would be suspended for a period of two years, with the promise that payments would resume later. Unsatisfied with this arrangement, England, France, and Spain launched an invasion of Mexico to settle their debts. Emperor Napoleon III of France had ulterior motives for the siege. He was hoping to launch a new colonial conquest by overthrowing the government, installing his own regime, and gaining unfettered access to Mexico's resources. The English and Spanish opposed Napoleon's plan and withdrew from Mexico by April 1862. French General Lawrence's urged his troops to press inland toward Mexico City, the nation's capital. To do so, they had to cross through the state of Puebla. Sure of an easy victory, General Lawrence's scoffed. Quote, We are so superior to the Mexicans in organization, race, and refinement of matters that I am pleased to announce that from this moment on, I can consider myself the owner of Mexico. Meanwhile, Mexican General Ignacio Zaragoza led his ragtag army of 600 men to defend the city of Puebla. The 6,500 French soldiers made three offensive attacks, but they were met with heavy fire and unable to break the Mexican line. As the French retreated to the hills, General Zaragoza ordered his cavalry to attack. Stunned, General Lawrence's withdrew and Mexico claimed an unlikely victory against one of the strongest armies in the world. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats Mexican General Zaragoza led an army of approximately 4,500 men, while the French army had around 6,000. The Mexican army had significantly less training, equipment, and experience. Mexican casualties were reported as 83 killed, 132 wounded, and 12 missing. Lawrence's variously reported 462 or 476 killed, wounded, or missing, but some historians have estimated over a thousand French casualties. In the early 1960s, Cinco de Mayo was promoted by Mexican-American activists as a source of pride during a time of civil rights activism. In 1989, an ad campaign by a beer company sought to commercialize Cinco de Mayo. In 2013, the research firm Nielsen reported that Americans bought more than $600 million worth of beer for Cinco de Mayo, more than for the Super Bowl or St. Patrick's Day. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. 
Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Jorge Molina. Hi, Jorge. Hi, all. Jorge is currently the programming manager at the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival. He wrote and executive produced the short film Muy Gay Tu Mex- Mexicano on HBO Max. He's also the creator and showrunner of the award season murder mystery scripted podcast just to be nominated. Jorge, welcome to The Alarmist. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very <laughs> excited. And for rallying off my credits, that's always, you know, a little... Ego boost in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have the best day. Get the weekend kicked (laughs) off right. (laughs) Um, Jorge, um, so first of all, before I ask you, you know, something I always ask our guests, which is what is alarming you. I just want to know, how do you usually uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo? How do I usually celebrate it? Well, it's spent about like 80% of my day telling Americans that it's not Mexican Independence Day. (laughs) Hmm. So, you know, it is. But I will say I do. At, at some point, you just kind of have to, like, go along with it a lot. Yeah. So I will I will engage in margarita drinking. I will, sure. um, you know, I will not wear sombreros. I That's where I kind of, you know, draw my, For sure. uh, my, yeah. my, my line, uh, you know, my pride. Your moral boundary, kinda, my, perhaps. Exactly, yeah. that's my line. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I actually don't. Unless someone else is doing something, I do not really engage with it because yeah. uh, I never did. I'm from Mexico, I should say. Like, I was born and raised over there. Uh, so mm. that was never, like, one of the major holidays. Uh, oh, shocking. They don't celebrate yeah. it in uh, Mexico <laughs> like they well, do here? Well, we do in that, like, we do get the weekend off. It is a, a, a holiday oh, weekend. Amazing. Oh, amazing. But nice. in Mexico, everything is a holiday weekend. Like, you, <laughs> we just get, like, every other weekend off almost. So um, so it's yeah. not, like, that big of a deal to just, like, miss work on a Monday. Um, yeah. I should, That's like I, Puerto Rico. Uh, Christmas is from November to uh, mid-January. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> um, so, so it is, it is the fact that, you know, I, it's in the calendar of every, you know, Mexican household because, you know, you know, you can like sleep in on that Monday, but, uh, never really, you know, it's not like actual Mexican independence, like on September where you do like go all out and, right. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Jorge, we like to ask our guests, uh, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Okay. Um, I mean, we can go real dark with this or we can go, you know, um, you know, I mean. Dealer's choice. Whatever you you want. Pick a a thing. Yeah, it's up to Um, you. But, you know, I, you know, I was scrolling on Twitter every morning like I do and like I always regret doing every morning. Um, And I did see an announcement that um aqua's barbie girl will not be used in the trailer for barbie and that is very <laughs> alarming uh, they confirmed it. i love the specificity <laughs> so you know you, you 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 know this trend recently of trailers using like slow down pop songs in order to yes. like create a mood and yeah. whatnot which i personally like i know a lot of people hate I think it's cool. I don't know. If I were a trailer maker, I would do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, you would think that the, the one, like, written one that's like the most obvious is, you know, yeah, for, feels a little for almost on the nose. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, the upcoming, and, and almost like at that point using it like as ironic, you know, it's like, yes. it's part of the trend. So right. Like, you use it. Um, 
<laughs> it was, you know, Barbie Girl for the upcoming Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. And today, uh, the studio confirmed that that will not be happening. And oh that is God. alarming. <gasps> what um, are you, what do been... you think? Do you have any uh, projections? Like, what do you think they're going to uh, use? What do you no, hope they no, I need, We need to go back to the to the drawing board again and see oh. what what's what's happening. <laughs> um, I, this caught me for a loop. You know, I, I will I will say that this <laughs> this has thrown my entire week off. So I will need well, some time to regroup. And <laughs> okay, well, you get back to us. You write us in. Let us know what your thoughts are. I will, um, you know, and you know, maybe maybe in a them. few years you'll be able to make an episode on who's responsible for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's where I, that's where my head went. Exactly. So. so. This is the perf- Barbie's the perfect transition into uh, Cinco de Mayo, of uh, obviously. <laughs> I mean, um, I bet there beautiful. was some like Mexican Barbie release at some point, you know. Th- I'm like- sure there were. <laughs> if yeah. Barbie were a real person, she'd probably love to party on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. She thinks. I'm it's- surprised there's not a Cinco de Mayo Barbie yet. Oh, I mean, well, I'm saying that probably is. If you go to like you know the 80s and 70s, where you know it was wild, wild west oh, in terms of like right. you know representation on merchandise. That's right. um, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, Got yeah. It. Guys, I found a Cinco de Mayo Barbie. Pray it's, tell. It's on eBay right now for two hundred and twenty-four dollars. Wow. Oh, Cinco de Mayo Barbie dolls. Yep. Wow. They exist. Wow. Okay. Okay, we won't buy that. Okay. Um, now, I want to start off by, like Jorge said, just clearing up the record, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. Mm. That is September 16. Uh, September 16 is Mexican, uh, is a day commemorating the moment when Father Hidalgo, a priest and leader, called for Mexico's liberation from Spain. Uh, that was in September of 1810. Mexican Independence Day coincides with Hispanic Heritage Month, is many uh, as many in the community celebrate a historical and political mile marker in Mexico's history, the call to rise up against Spanish rule known as El Grito de Dolores, or the Cry of Dolores, is named after the town of Dolores, Mexico, where it was originally made, according to History.com. The 11-year battle that resulted in Mexico's independence culminated on August 24th, 1821, when Spain signed the Treaty of Cordoba, which formally recognized Mexican independence. Finally, uh, nearly three centuries of Spanish colonial rule came to an end. So, just to clarify. Do you guys think it's because, like, 16 de septiembre just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way that Cinco de Mayo does? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. For us. I'm just thinking. It, it, I, I do think it's a branding thing. You know, it, <laughs> you know, it's, right. you know. So should we put uh, branding up on the board first? Like Jorge <laughs> sure. mentioned. Yeah, no. That's... Branding problems, you know? Yes. Maybe if there was a song that rewrote, um, you know, maybe we could get Aqua since... You know their their song, Bar- the Barbie song, is not going forward. Yeah. Um, maybe they're looking for some more content, <laughs> <laughs> more options. Yeah, more. Yeah. You know, why they arise. Um, so just to yeah. be clear, are we who are what? What is the tragedy we're we're examining? Is it the confusion around what's celebrated on Cinco de Mayo? Well, I mean, we're going to be discussing like how the Battle of Puebla um, 
you know, how they defeated, what, right. what kind of elements went into uh, causing, you know, perhaps the war. Just so, so that we have an understanding. So maybe... Um, but just so we're clear, we're not saying that the Mexicans pushing the French out of Mexico is a tragedy. No. No. I just want to make sure, you know, we're clear at the outset that that's not what we're saying. That's true. We're yeah. using this as an opportunity to learn about what actually happened in Cinco de Mayo. Right. Yeah. And why, ha- why that we had to have this battle in the first place. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. Why the battle? Nobody to wants to have wars and battles, right? Yes. That's the point. We should well, avoid you know, them. that's our capitalist. <laughs> Some, people that, you know. Some people <laughs> sure. want them. Some people want them. First, let's put up Jecker Bonds. Tell me all about Jecker Bonds. So, a little background to a uh, reminder. In 15, uh, 1858, Mexico was in the midst of a civil war between the liberals, led by Benito Juarez, and the Catholic conservatives. Both governments attained international recognition. Uh, the liberals by the United States and the conservatives by France, Great Britain, and Spain. In 1859, conservative Miguel Miramón seized power in a coup against Mexico's liberal elected government. Okay. Just a, that's some background, people. Um, this is according to Emile Shepers from People's World. They said, Jean-Baptiste Jecker was a Swiss banker operating in Mexico. To finance his regime and his military campaign, Miramon organized a loan from Jecker on terms outrageously unfavorable to Mexico. Miramon's government received only 700,000 pesos up front for the, for the deal, but committed to pay back Jecker and his partners 15 million pesos. That, <laughs> this is not right. That doesn't seem, yeah, that seems a little like having too much faith on yourself. And it, it's, it just it sounds like a traditional bank loan or student loan these days, to be honest. So. I, I was going to say this is, this is this, we still use the system actually, loan. the checker yeah, bond do. system. Yeah, <laughs> as if uh, it, this were not bad enough, Miramon put up vast amounts of Mexican national territory as security. Uh, when it was clear that Miramon could not hold on to power and the liberals uh, and the liberals headed by Benito Juarez were going to triumph against him, Jecker arranged to have himself made a citizen of France. <laughs> Conveniently, he cut a deal with the Duke of Morny, who was half brother to the French Emperor Napoleon III. The politically influential Duke made the agreement with Jecker to ensure that he would also profit handsomely from his crooked bond deal. When Benito Juarez tempor- temporarily back in power refused the deal that uh, Miramon, Jecker, and Morny had cooked up, France saw this as an opportunity to intervene in Mexico. So they saw, oh, oh, you're not going to, you know, uh, stick to the terms of this deal. Well, then we're obviously invading you. That's the yeah, obvious next yeah. step. So I, I just love the continue throughout history the the use of like blatant invasions as interventions. You know, as if it, you know, <laughs> like like an A and E you know rehab show. Like we need to you know come and like all <laughs> have a conversation as if you're not you just you know coming in taking over and you know killing everyone there. Well, yeah. to go back to our analogy, I guess, of like bank loans, like if you can't pay it, they basically just like seize you. You're going to foreclosure, right? Yeah. Now. Well, this is ours now. And they just yeah. take it. 
So, so it set an example, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there has to be, I guess that model obviously does not work. Are we like the, I mean, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? We can't put foreclosure, the foreclosure model uh, on the board yet, right? I don't think it was being used at the time. Yeah. Or didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's predatory lending. <laughs> predatory yeah. lending. Yeah. And, you know, the predatory lending uh, came at a time where there was this infighting in, in Mexico, right? So there was this maybe a power vacuum. Maybe we can put that on the board at the yeah, time. Yeah, very much so. Outside, mm-hmm. outside influences were trying to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Mexico sure. had a had. A, we were on the other side. We were on the liberal side. Yeah, you were. Uh huh. Yes, yes, we were with the liberals. But I'm sure it wasn't for um, honest reasons. I'm sure. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into it. Sure, sure. Well, I wonder were, yeah. what investments America made, mm-hmm. and 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 what were the terms of those investments. So we might as well just go ahead and put the United States up on the board. Sure, let's get to it. Yeah, I see Jorge shaking, yep. <laughs> nodding along. Yeah, I'm like, maybe you should just keep that on your board permanently. <laughs> There's a place for it. We always put capitalism, United States, States. Uh, and the patriarchy. And patriarchy, yeah. <laughs> Lately, hu- just hum- regular human nature. Human nature. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is according to historian Kennedy Hickman. In the summer of 1861, President Benito Juarez uh, announced that Mexico would suspend repayment of loans to Britain, France, and Spain for two years as he worked to stabilize his nation's finances. These loans had primarily been taken to finance operations during the Mexican-American War and the Reform uh, Mexican Civil War. Here's a refresher on the Mexican-American War. This is according to PBS. In 1844, President James Polk ran on a democratic platform that supported Manifest Destiny, the idea that Americans were predestined to occupy the entire North American content. (laughs) Ah. The last Mm. act of Polk's predecessor, John Tyler, had been to annex the Republic of Texas in 1845. Polk wanted to lay claim to California, New Mexico, and land near the disputed southern border border of Texas. Mexico, however, was not so eager to let go of these territories. Polk started started out by trying to buy the land. When the Mexican government refused, he sent American troops to Texas in January of 1846 to provoke the Mexicans into war. Jorge, yeah. you no, I, you have yeah. a lot to say. Should I continue or should no, we pause I mean, that's for fine. a second? I, that <laughs> that war is but it's it's a very sore spot in like mm-hmm. Mexican history. Yeah, um, you know that's we lost like half our territory. You know, basically all yeah. all the uh, states that border Mexico. You know, at that point, where where we're part of Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, I know I, from what I remember again, from my middle school and, and, uh, elementary history classes, I think Texas was kind of a different thing. Cause like they wanted their own independence. They've always been like that. You know, they were always, they wanted to like get out and they kind of willingly annexed a little bit into, into the U S uh-huh. uh, with this, mm-hmm. you know, push that you're kind of mentioning. Yes. But the rest of it were. You know, California, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, they were all sold uh, by our president at that time. So, 
you know, it's, it's, we, we are very, again, it's a sore spot in that, like, you know, we, we, like Adele said, we could have had it all. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what, that's what Adele's song you is did, actually about. That is what it is. All. It's about the, the sale of, you know, the Mexican <laughs> states to the U.S. government. Um, she's a history She pretends buff. to t- speak pretend. about love. Yeah. I also like the so, idea that Adele, when she thinks about the word all, she thinks of just <laughs> south, southwest. Of California, you know, of, of, <laughs> of, you know, Legoland and like. Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. Disney. I mean, yeah. the, Disneyland. You know, we could have had Disney in like Six Flags Magic Mountain or whatever it is. That it is. Uh, um, um, yes. Yeah, understand. It feels uh huh. It feels like we should bring up just topically that war seems very similar to what is going on right now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In the U- you're in talking other about the parts Ukraine. of the of the war. Yes. Yeah. Are you I not mean, wanting just, to say the uh, word Russia? And Ukraine. Well, because if they're listening, then they might <laughs> yeah. come after us, and then you might never hear another podcast from us again. <laughs> I'm not you afraid to contradict of their freedom. narrative, right? <laughs> no, but my point is, so it's just like really tragic to hear these stories about how awful we just came in and we provoked people into war, and then we just took land, yeah. and then here we are, like denouncing this terrible atrocity in Ukraine, and it's like, oh, we've done that. <laughs> yeah, like like Jorge was saying, like the that's... intervention obsession. Yeah. yeah. Um, so continuing on, when the Mexicans fired on American troops, Polk had the excuse he needed. He declared Mexico has invaded our territory and shed American blood upon, Amer- upon American soil and sent the order for war to Congress on May 11th. The act was a questionable one. Some Americans simply thought it was wrong to use war to take land from Mexico. Among those was Second Lieutenant Ulysses S. Grant. Although during the war he expressed no reservations about it, he would later call the war one of the most unjust ever waged by a stronger against a weaker nation. It was an instance of a republic following the bad example of European monarchies in not considering justice in their desire to acquire additional territory. The Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo sealed the American victory in 1848. So I don't know about Grant here. I mean, it seems like he's uh, he was totally uh, on board. And then after the fact, he's like, oh, no, 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 that was bad. Well, yeah, after they've gotten what they wanted. What they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go back to something you said uh, uh, that Jorge said earlier, which was uh, intervention obsession. Is that something we could uh, put up on the board to blame? Yeah. Intervention obsession. Because at at the time, it seemed like, you know, the French were trying to scramble and they were trying to intervene. um, But also there were other uh, countries trying to intervene and on, on into whatever, what, you know, the, the Mexican situation, I guess, at the, which was a bit, um, well, I don't know how you'd put it, but it was, it was, uh, fragile or, or it was, um, well, they were, uh, you're talking about the, the state of Mexico at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. They and were vulnerable, vulnerable, right? They, right. they yeah. were, they had just <clears throat> gone through broke. a civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, or they were going through a civil they were, war. I think they were in the midst of a civil war. They had just, yeah. I think the Mexican-American war had just finished. So it was, right. it was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess. They took advantage of, uh, of them during this time. And it was very strategic, it feels. Very um, much so. So I do like intervention uh, obsession. Um, it, it's also like such a... I, 
maybe we're gonna in in like future in the future we're gonna look back at this time and be like oh it was so clear what they were doing when they were you know invading all of these countries or whatever i mean i think it's somewhat clear to us right now what's happening now but like looking back on our history right especially here uh you know of the americas Mm -hmm. um it's so obvious, like what they're doing, you know, they're, they're just stealing land. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the, you're going to have an opportunity for history to repeat itself once technology advances. Cause right now we're just exploring outer space, but once we can occupy outer space and we get to Mars, like these billionaires are planning, then it's going to be people yeah. fighting over planets. Yeah. And uh, I wow. mean, like, who's to say the same stuff isn't going to happen? It's all about. It just continues the, to owning it. happen. That's me jump, jumping way into the future. We'll be long gone. But <laughs> I don't have faith yeah. that we're not going to do the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I mean, yes, we will be long gone. But we'll see if we even make it with uh, global warming anyway <laughs> yeah i mean speaking of things you know that are alarming it's let's put a pin in global warming that we won't we won't talk about it yeah yeah it's friday come on well we're you guys we're recording on friday but you're listening to this on tuesday um mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's also put up the louisiana purchase louisiana purchase Journalist Lulu Garcia Navarro of NPR said, In 1862, during the U.S. Civil War, the French army marched toward Mexico City. Emperor Napoleon III was eager to establish a second Mexican empire favorable to the French, an outpost in the New World that would serve as a kind of replacement for all that French land his uncle decided to sell to Thomas Jefferson in the Louisiana Purchase. So the French were trying to... They had a little chip on their shoulder. Yes. Yeah. Feel like oh, very much so. They were like, ooh, we had a little... I want to go back. It's, 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 again, the same thing as Putin with Russia. He's like, he had these, these territories in, in, mm-hmm. in Ukraine. And he's like, I want them back. Right. So is there something to old, old girlfriends or something? Old girl. <laughs> ex-girlfriends you're like Ex-girl. she was the one that got away you want him back the one <laughs> i mean you're not wrong uh i think that's you know that's and i mean and i don't you know spoiler alert for history uh but they succeeded they did establish a second mexican empire for like a little bit of uh i think it was like six or se- six yeah. seven or eight years Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I mean, this is jumping a little toward, but like, even though we won the Mexico won the Battle of Puebla, they did not win that war, and France did establish an empire there, and we had an emperor, which is one of my the weirdest facts about Mexico, Mexico is that yeah. it had a French emperor for like eight years. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it is. I'm- I think that sentiment of like, yeah, the 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 reestablishing kind of like colonial presence in the new world uh, by Europeans is very much like a motivating factor. Yeah. I feel like that, like <laughs> to stay, to speak to what Hori is saying, like more like it's less like, Oh, I just missed having that territory, but what did the territory represent? Yeah. Like, it, the mm-hmm. power, you know what I mean? Like the influence in that region. And mm-hmm. you know, this is back. 
So like a famous a different famous, times a famous ex girlfriend that mm. you miss. It's sure. concerning that you think they're that you think they're the same as territory. <laughs> um, it's very concerning. <laughs> I'm just trying to personalize it. It has nothing to do okay. with her. <laughs> implying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can. So how do we? Oh, what do right, we label right, right. it? Um. We should put the Louisiana Purchase. Colonialism, just... imperialism. Do we blame pa- power? Well, I was just going to talk about the Fr- French imperial- imperialism. So mm-hmm. maybe let's okay. discuss that and we'll decide. So okay. as, as previously mentioned, uh, when Benito Juarez was elected president in Mexico in 1861, he acquired his political opponents' foreign debts. Uh, so this is according to United States Office of the Historian. With no other options, Juarez suspended payments on Mexican debt for two years. In response, representatives from the Spanish, French, and British governments met in London and on October 31st, 1861, signed a tripartite agreement to intervene in Mexico to recover the unpaid debts. Although the British and Spanish governments had more limited plans for intervention, Napoleon III was interested in reviving French global ambitions and French forces captured Mexico City, while Spanish and British forces withdrew after French plans became clear. In 1863, Napoleon III invited Maximilian, Archduke of Austria, to become Emperor of Mexico. Yeah, our girl, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do you call him? <laughs> oh, I'm like, he's our girl. He's the Emperor. Our also, girl. That's our girl. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said you called him Arc. Arc no, 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 no. I was like, girl. awesome uh, name. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's so, yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, a l- lot of things. It, uh, it's one really interesting that it's the French and not the Spanish who were our actual yeah. previous conquerors that want to like take mm-hmm. over. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is b- basically maybe for another time, but like Maximilian was like, he was useless. He like was like, the, like, nicest, you know, dumb, uh, you know, he was a pawn for Napoleon, so he, like, didn't know anything about military logistics. He basically just, like, saw Mexico as his, like, vacation home for, uh, Hmm. for himself, uh, with his wife, uh, Carlotta, I think that was, uh, the name. Uh, so they basically just dedicated themselves to, like, modeling Mexico City after, like, Paris, and nothing else, uh, which, you know, if you go, it's still very much, like, there's a lot of French-inspired um, architecture and all of that, mm. and that was from that period. But yeah, mm. I just I just like that he was completely useless, and he was just like, I'm just here to have a good time, and like, <laughs> it, 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 it's very like, I'm gonna drink margaritas, and like, sure. wear some It's very Cinco de Mayo. It's, it's very, it's very Cinco de Mayo. Yes, can we have so Maximilian up on the yeah, board? Uh-huh. <laughs> he, um, he and Barbie would have loved Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Mm. You know, the French have a kind of a word called pied de terre, which is a which means foot on the yes. ground, but it's like an apartment that's away from your home as like, oh, I just like to have property over there. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if we want to put pied-à-terre up on the building. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah um, the was, Maximilian's pied-à-terre attitude towards Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's. Yeah, I think there's just, some like really fun like movie to be told about him and just like how <laughs> out of place he felt. I don't know. Jorge, please write that movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I, I'm literally like writing it down in like my little notebook. Um, little notebook, yeah. <laughs> my little Coming, notebook, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll give you till 2025. Yeah. And I will get, say, uh, get your act together. I will use Barbie Girl in that trailer. 
So it's, yeah. do it. I can't wait for the scene so, where he drinks yeah, margaritas. Exactly. Uh, so. um, I also want to put the American Civil War up on the board. So this is according to Frederick Bancroft's The French in Mexico and the Monroe Doctrine in the Political Science Quarterly of 1896. During the time the French were executing these plans of intervention, the Civil War was engrossing nearly the entire physical and intellectual strength of the United States. Historian Kennedy Hickman said in December 1861, British, French, and Spanish fleets arrived off Mexico. While a blatant violation of the U.S. Monroe Doctrine, the United States was powerless to intervene as it was embroiled in its own Civil War. So they... They were busy. The United States was busy. They couldn't, I guess, intervene. I, I, I'm not so sure as to what this, uh, the U.S. Monroe Doctrine uh, stipulated. Well, I've why heard, the United definitely States... Definitely heard of the Monroe Doctrine. I'll go well, look yes, it up. Well, yes, but what uh, did it have to do... Because it, it, it says here it was a blatant violation. So um, what was in the doctrine that uh, meant that the United States would have to intervene if something... It opposed European colonialism in the Western Hemisphere. Oh, so literally the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, you know, there you go. (laughs) Um, We've heard of the Monroe Doctrine. Do we know what the Monroe Doctrine is? Now we do. Um, I also want to say that in my research here, I came across the fact that the French wanted the South to win in the American Civil War. I was not aware of that. <laughs> Everyone's going, hmm. <laughs> That's not uh, not looking good there, French. So I'm they just... picked the wrong... I, put, I put French imperialism on the board because they're not looking good in this whole story. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I know. decided on that. So I'm just going to add them. So is there anything else you guys can think of uh, that we should put up on the board before we start deciding who's to blame? Hmm. We have Barbie. We have. <laughs> Are margaritas up there? Yes, I believe so. They're not, but I could. Oh, put branding. Them up, but... We put branding. Branding. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, yes, I. I feel like branding has to. It encompasses the margaritas. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's take a quick break, and then we'll start knocking things off the list. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, who's to blame for Cinco de Mayo or the Battle of Puebla? Is it branding problems? Jacker <laughs> bonds? Predatory lending? A power vacuum? The United States, intervention obsession, Louisiana Purchase, French imperialism, Maximilian, or the American Civil War. And just to remind uh, ourselves and everyone, right? Um, we're figuring out who's to blame for essentially the French invasion. Yeah. I'm okay. sorry, intervention, quote, Inter- Intervention. Yeah, parentheses, quote. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> quote, unquote, intervention. Quote, unquote, intervention. Um, well, because uh, we mentioned branding problems, I think more of a what's to blame about, like, the misunderstanding of Cinco de Mayo mm, being uh, the Mexican sure. independent. So I think that's a whole different argument. Um, I mean, I think it is the, 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 the who's to blame, but maybe for another argument. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save branding. Who's so we'll, to blame for the yeah the the way we celebrate Cinco de Mayo? All of the who's to blame for Jorge's Cinco de Mayo always being ruined by, by exactly. people having yeah. to explain to people that it has nothing to do with Mexican <laughs> independence. That is a branding problem. <laughs> That's the tragedy we'll get into next <laughs> yeah. time. Um. Okay. Jacker Bonds. Okay. Now power vacuum. I feel I, like. I, I ca- Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think Maximilian can be real scratched out. Like, he was not <laughs> to blame for anything. He yeah. was just... He <laughs> just put there for a vacation. Yeah, I don't think he had any agency about it whatsoever. So, like, you know. Right. Yeah. And especially if he's going to be this uh, the star of uh, your new f- movie, we certainly exactly. want yeah, the yeah, audience yeah, no, to want to get behind him. We don't <laughs> yeah. want him to... Yeah. <laughs> That's we right. want to like our hero. We want to like our hero. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. I want to clarify. He would not be the hero. He oh, would just be, oh. you know. Yeah. Okay. We have two different movies involved. Yeah, in yeah, mind. yeah. It would just be, to... you know, like yeah. a fish out of water kind of style. Gotcha. But like, he very much would be would be portrayed as like the clueless foreigner he probably was. So yeah. yes, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, now the Louisiana Purchase. Oh well, French imperialism is. I f- oh, God, this is hard because it's a lot of things that really did contribute. Contribute, because um, the power vacuum did contribute. Yes, go ahead, Jorge. I was gonna say I. I think I'm gonna utter a sentence that's rarely been said on on history, but I don't know if the United States is to blame for what for the really um, what. 
Yeah, I know. It's shocking. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think be- because they were o- preoccupied elsewhere yeah. with their own problems and like they literally did not have probably the, be- the scope to like get it. Um, I think that right. they actually, their, their, their non-action was what's kind of like. Right. If anything, it was a civil this. war. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you could say if Mexico wasn't as broke from trying to finance the war with America, then maybe they wouldn't have had to fair, yes. suspend payments. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that there would have been another reason for them to try and come back. and. You know, yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely territory. like a factor that added, but I don't know if it was the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the main, root cause. It the root. Core. Yeah. Let's we can wow shockingly take the United States. I know that I know I'm as surprised as you are. Um, Can we marry these two ideas of the American Civil War and a power vacuum? I mean, there was a Mexican Civil War going on at the time mm -hmm. as well, right? So just the idea that civil wars or being preoccupied in your own country in some way will mm-hmm. lead to vo- being vulnerable to f- yeah. from outsiders. I just want to have, how do we encapsulate so that? Do we just call full that? Full American war into power vacuum? Or are you on a new term for the both of them? It feels like there's, a, it's not quite power vacuum yet because there are um, figureheads or there are fighting uh, mm-hmm. uh, parties. Mm. So I guess I'm wondering, it's not power vacuum. It's something like infighting or something like that. Uh-huh. Which leads to vulnerability. Yeah. But but I'm just trying to figure out how to sort of. I mean, I wish we could use this as a lesson, right? <laughs> We're so, yeah. like we should we should really be thinking about this more and how fighting against each other really makes us vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's what that was like. Part of the whole 2016 election was Russia. You know, those Russian bots and misinformation was to create infighting right. in America to sort of. You know that that's a lot of what what um, you know. Those are a lot of the sort of cyber yeah. warfare that's being waged is to create infighting. <sighs> Can't we all just get along? Then, yeah. So then we could be yeah, taken right. advantage of. <laughs> well, Jecker Bond's predatory lending. I feel like what do we want to blame here? I feel like specifically the Jecker Bonds. Are more to blame sure. than the actual predatory yeah. lending for that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also think, uh, like you were saying, Chris, the power vacuum we can rephrase as infighting. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which then leads us to intervention obsession. I feel like can uh, fold into French imperialism. Yeah. And the Louisiana Purchase that is more that can actually fold into French imperialism. As yeah, well, that is part sure. of their motivation of like trying yeah. to to regain kind of this global influence. So that leads leaves us with Jecker Bonds, power vacuum, which actually is, we're going to call infighting, um, and the Louisiana Purchase. Now, out of the three of these, we have to figure out what we're going to send to the alarmist jail and what we're going to give the big slap to. 
And oh, there's this, ooh, a slap. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic. Yeah, no, very topical also, you know. That's yes. true. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we've been ahead of Will Smith's time yeah. um, mm-hmm. for, for Will years Smith now. Will Smith is possibly a big fan of ours. We don't know. <laughs> oh, it's God. possible. Oh, God. Judging. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you want to claim. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't Please nope. don't associate nope. us with him. <laughs> we don't condone real life slapping on this podcast. No. I want everybody no, to know that. Yeah. No, no, no. On the record is having said that now. Um, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking French imperialism is what we send to the alarmist jail. And oh, we give infighting the big slap. Is it? Is that, would you say that's... You know, I've been thinking blaming, about this. Blaming the victim. <laughs> well, you, if you take out the foreign intervention or foreign sort of interest trying to take advantage of the infighting, you probably have or you might have uh, a better outcome or rather, uh, you know, at least one that doesn't involve warfare. You know, you have a uh, you have they could have come to an uh, come to terms on an agreement. The conservative party and the liberals of, of the of Mexico at the time. Mm. Could they have? I don't know. I don't know if it was at the point of. I'm just saying the the war itself might not have happened. We have we don't know because foreign influence became such a big factor. Oh, oh, I see what yeah. you mean. So, are you saying? That I'm saying I, I now I now that I created this uh, this uh, item on the board I, I'm not sure I feel great about it just the infighting got within, it within your own country you should be able to yeah you fight. should be able to have that dialogue right? dialogue yeah. you know that you yeah know. <laughs> yeah so maybe <laughs> it's sure. we French definitely want dialogue yeah <laughs> yeah dialogue over fists yeah. and guns. But <laughs> maybe, um, so maybe it's French imperialism and the Louisiana Purchase gets the big slap. Oh. I mean, I know those are like kind of the same, but like the Purchase is what... Wait, really oh, how prompted. about the bonds? Because that kind of was the... the yeah. I don't want to call it an excuse, but that was kind of like the, the way in which the French kind of like I gave gave themselves a reason to like to justify their quote unquote imperialism. Yes, I agree. Or interventions are. Yeah, I think we do. um, We do give the big slap to the Jecker bonds because that was their way in. That was the the what allowed them to, I guess, say to themselves and say to uh, the rest of their country that this is called for. Yeah, and this is also us taking a stand against student loans. (laughs) Yes, yes, solidarity. Exactly. So okay, yes, I'm gonna call it. Checker bonds. You're getting the big slap. French imperialism. You're going to the alarmist jail. It's. It feels really nice when you get to send an imperialist to the alarmist jail. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like that it's the concept of imperialism and not just, you know, a person. It's just, you know, the sure. whole thing just right. goes right. away. Well, because it, it if there was one person who really, who really like spearheaded that, then we, I think we yeah. send them. Yeah, no, but I think even if, you know, Napoleon kind of like was behind, I think the, it, it was just a national sentiment. Yes. 
of trying to recover this kind of like I don't know, lost glory. Or yeah, whatever. it was like years and years of of failed attempts, or mm-hmm. you know. And it was the seller's remorse of having given up the Louisiana purchase. They're like, ooh, mm. Mm, maybe I shouldn't have sold that. Let this be yeah. a, a, a lesson. You know, it's like, just move on. Why do you have to keep dwelling on the fact that you perhaps either spent too much money or <laughs> didn't buy something at the right time? After I have, I said that uh, I am sore out because we lost all the Mexican territory. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I will take your I will take your advice. I will. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> That's not what I meant. It's time to no, move I on, know. Jorge. <laughs> Jorge's still bringing up still California bringing up and Disneyland. Adele, no, I, let it go. I remember oh. um, my first week of college. I came to college here, and I had a uh, someone in my floor in my dorms that was like a hardcore Texan, like you know, <laughs> bleeding had the sure. flag on his wall and, you know, that guy. And I do not know about, you know, the, how deep those sentiments ran. And I dare to bring up that, you know, Texas used to belong to Mexico. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that man spoke to me ever again in oh my our entire <laughs> thing. Oh, so, yeah. you know... And you know what? That's okay. You can let no, him go fine. too. No, and that's fine. I, you know, from what I've heard of, like where life has taken him, I'm glad we are not associated yes. anymore. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, we're thriving. We're yeah. thriving. Well, Jorge, thank you so much for joining us today. No, this was delightful. To- this was again like being back in middle school and just yeah. you know. And we're spreading the word about Cinco de Mayo. You know, you're helping yes, us. Yes, I mean, I'll I'll keep going fighting the good fight. Yes, <laughs> but you know, at some point, uh, if I'm you know blacked out of margaritas by one p.m., it's because I've had to explain so right. many times. Well, we'll be uh, we'll make sure to follow you on Twitter so that we can follow your rant on Cinco yes, de Mayo. Yes, yes, uh, and tell everyone what your Twitter handle is. Yes, uh, my Twitter is uh, at Caller Me Jorge. You can find me there. Yeah. Either soon or this week, by the time this airs, our program for the Los Angeles Latino International Film Festival has been announced. So if you're in the LA area, the festival will be June 1st to the 5th. So come check us out. A lot of great U.S. Latino and Latino uh, films and shorts from, um, yeah, a great presentation. Awesome. Uh, great yes, program, we'll so. be sure to check out. Thank you so yeah. much, Jorge. Please, no, Of course. Thank you for having me. This was like so much fun. After the Battle of Puebla, the French called in large reinforcements. In a few months, the French army amounted to 35,000 men. In May 1863, Puebla fell to the French, and in early June, the French army entered the Mexican capital. Archduke Maximilian of Habsburg was installed as the Emperor of Mexico. Just three years later, he was overthrown by the liberals and Benito Juarez restored the republic in 1867. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. 
The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing Psycho, the Norman Bates murders. Erios. Powered by ACAST.